Good morning, good morning. Today is Sunday. Uh, where did we go? July 4th. And uh, we have, we're starting Ezekiel. We have uh, chapters 1 through 4, Psalm 30, and then we have a video to start us out about the first half of Ezekiel. So let's take a deep breath and we'll ask the Lord's blessing on this time. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you fill us with your spirit right now, Lord, that you guide us, give us wisdom and understanding as we read uh, and start this book of Ezekiel, Lord. Uh, just open our eyes and our heart to your word. Help us to know you better, Lord, as we read your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, Ezekiel encounters God's glorious temple presence among the exiled Israelites in Babylon. He's commissioned to announce God's judgment on Israel and then and the nations for the covenant failure and injustice. Okay, let's watch the video. The book of the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a priest who had been living in Jerusalem during the first Babylonian attack on the city. And they spared the city, but they took a first wave of Israelite prisoners and hauled them off into exile, and Ezekiel was among them. So the book begins five years after all that, and Ezekiel is sitting on the bank of an irrigation canal near his Israelite refugee camp, and it's his 30th birthday, no less, the year that he would have been installed as a priest in Jerusalem. And then all of a sudden, Ezekiel has this vision. He sees a storm cloud approaching, and then inside the cloud are four strange creatures that have wings outstretched and touching each other. And these creatures each had four faces. And then he saw four wheels, one by each creature. And then he saw that the wings of the creatures were supporting this dazzling platform. And then on that platform is a throne. And then sitting on that throne is this human-like creature glowing and shrouded in fire. And then all of a sudden Ezekiel realizes what he's seeing. He calls it the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. It's God riding his royal throne chariot. Now the word glory, in Hebrew it's kavod, it means heavy or significant. The biblical authors use this word to describe the physical appearance and manifestation of God's significance when he shows up in person. These images in the vision, they're very similar to what happened when God appeared on Mount Sinai in the book of Exodus. And it's also very similar to the depictions of God's presence over the Ark of the Covenant. And that's actually the most shocking thing about Ezekiel's vision. What is God's glory doing in Babylon? It's supposed to be above the Ark of the Covenant, in the temple, in Jerusalem. And so the first section of the book opens to explore that question as Ezekiel begins to accuse Israel of rebellion. So God first speaks to Ezekiel from the throne chariot, and he commissions him as a prophet. Ezekiel is to accuse Israel of breaking their covenant agreement with God in a couple ways. Israel has given their allegiance to other gods and has been worshiping idols, and this has all led to rampant social injustice and violence. And so as a result, God appoints Ezekiel to warn the people. The first Babylonian attack that took Ezekiel into exile is going to be matched by another. And Jerusalem, its temple, all face imminent destruction. So Ezekiel uses words and more to get his message across. He also performs sign acts. These were a form of street theater. Ezekiel would go out in public and start behaving in these really bizarre ways that were like parables of his prophetic message. So he was supposed to build a tiny model of Jerusalem and then stage an attack on it. Or he was to shave off all of his hair and then chop it up with a sword. Or the most extreme, he was to play the role of the scapegoat on the Day of Atonement. And he 
would lay on his side for over a year, eating food cooked over poop as a sign of the nasty food that people will have to eat during the siege of Jerusalem. And perhaps the most disheartening thing of all is the bad news God gave Ezekiel that no one was going to listen to him. Israel would reject him because of their rebellious and hard heart. And this recalls Moses' description of the people after the wilderness rebellions, when he predicted that exile would one day happen, and Ezekiel had the unfortunate privilege of seeing it all come to pass. And so, a dismayed Ezekiel, he begins to perform his task. And after about a year, he has another vision. This one is about the temple. He goes on this virtual tour of the temple, and he sees what's happening there in his absence, and it is not good. In the outer courtyard, in front of the temple, he sees this large idol statue. And then he sees the elders of Israel worshiping other gods, both outside and inside the temple. And then he sees the women of Israel. They're worshiping a Babylonian god named Tammuz, and the vision ends with God's glorious throne chariot moving up and away from the temple. It's leaving, going east, headed towards Babylon. And so in chapter 11, we come to see why and how God's glory appeared to Ezekiel there in Babylon. Israel's idolatry and their covenant violations, it's become so blatant and offensive that God has left his temple. They've driven him away and he consigns it to destruction. But God hasn't abandoned his people. Rather, he goes into exile with them. And so at the end of this vision in chapter 11, God promises that he will return a remnant of Israel back to the land, and he'll transform them by removing their heart of stone and giving them a new soft heart of flesh so that they can love and truly follow their God after all. This is a small glimmer of hope, and it's quickly submerged under the reality of the imminent destruction. But chapter 11, it's a key transition, and it helps us understand understand how the rest of the book has been designed. So the next three sections are all announcements of God's judgment, first on Israel, then on the nations around Israel, and then on Jerusalem itself. But then after that, the hopeful conclusion of chapter 11 gets developed in the final three sections of the book. First hope for Israel, then for the nations, and then for all creation. Chapters 12 through 24 focus on God's judgment coming to Israel. And this is a diverse collection of poems and essays. And here here, Ezekiel shows his fondness for parable and allegory. So he depicts Israel as a burnt, useless stick, or as a rebellious wife, or as a dangerous, raging lion that gets captured, or as two promiscuous sisters. These are all depictions of Israel's senseless rebellion and idolatry that results in their ruin. In this section, Ezekiel also acts like a lawyer. He begins arguing the case that, first of all, Jerusalem's destruction is truly deserved after centuries of covenant violation. And that even if the most righteous people in the world, like Noah or Daniel or Job, were alive and praying for God to spare Israel, God would not accept their prayers. It's far too late. And so God's goodness actually demands that he bring justice on this generation of Israel. The exile has become inevitable. They've reached the point of no return. Following this, Ezekiel focuses first on the nations immediately around Israel, and then on the two most powerful states in the region, Egypt and then Tyre. Israel has allied with these nations and adopted their gods and their idols. And so God accuses the kings of Tyre and Egypt for arrogantly viewing themselves as gods who get to define right and wrong on their own terms. And God holds these kings accountable for their pride and he announces that he will use Babylon to bring them down. They will face God's justice along with everybody else. 
Following these really intense sections is a short story in chapter 33. Ezekiel's met by a refugee who's just arrived from Jerusalem, and he gives them the report that Babylon has attacked the city of Jerusalem, that the city has fallen, and the temple is destroyed. Ezekiel's grim warnings have become a reality. But remember, the end of chapter 11, that's not the end of the story. And so in the next video, we'll explore Ezekiel's profound vision of hope. But for now, that's the first half of the book of Ezekiel. Okay, let's get into Ezekiel chapter 1. In the, in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the Kabar Canal, Chabar Canal, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. And on the fifth day of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiachin, and the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzai, in the land of the Chaldeans by the Kabar Canal, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. As I looked, behold, a stormy wind came out of the north, and a great cloud with brightness around it, and fire flashing forth continually. And in the midst of the fire, as it were, gleaming metal, and from the midst of it came a likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had a human likeness, but each had four faces, and each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the soles of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands, and on the four... And the four had their faces and their wings thus. Their wings touched one another. Each one of them went straight forward without turning as they went. As for the likeness of their faces, each had a human face. The four had the face of a lion on the right side. The four had the face of an ox on the left side. The four had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces, and their wings were spread out above. Each creature had two wings, each of which touched the wing of another, while two covered their bodies. And each went straight forward, whether the spirit would go, they went, without turning as they went. For the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like their appearance of torches moving to and fro among the living creatures. And the fire was bright, and out of the fire went forth lightning. And the living creatures darted to and fro, like the appearance of a flash of lightning. Now as I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the earth beside the living creatures, one for each each of the four of them. As for the appearance of the wheels and their construction, their appearance was like gleaming of barrel, and the four had the same likeness, their appearance and construction being as it were a wheel within a wheel. When they went, they went in any of their four directions without turning as they went, and, the, and their rims were tall and awesome, and the rims of all four were full of eyes all around. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them. And when the living creatures rose from the earth, the wheels rose. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went, and the wheels rose along with them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When those went, these went. And when those stood, these stood. And when those rose from the earth, the wheels rose along with them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels." Over the head of the living creatures there was the likeness of an expanse shining like awe-inspiring crystals spread out above their heads, and under the expanse their wings were stretched out straight, one toward another, and each creature had two wings covering his body, and covering its body. And when they went, I heard a sound of their wings, like the sound of many waters, like a sound of the Almighty, a sound of tumult, like the sound of an army. And when they stood still, they let down their wings... And there came a voice from above the expanse over their heads when they stood still. 
They let down their wings, and above the expanse over their heads was the likeness of a throne, in appearance like sapphire, and seated above the likeness of the throne was the likeness of, with a human appearance, and upward from what had the appearance of his waist I saw, as it were, gleaming metal, like the appearance of fire enclosed all around, and downward from what had the appearance of his waist I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire, and there was brightness around him, like the appearance of the bow that was in the cloud on the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness all around. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard the voice of one speaking. Chapter 2, And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak with you. And as he spoke to me, the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I send you to the people of Israel, to the nations of rebels who have re rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants also are impudent and stubborn, and I send them to you, and you shall... And I send you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, And what, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, be not afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns are with you, and you sit on scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house, and you shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And when I looked, behold, the hand was stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it before me, and it had writing on the front and on the back, and there was written on and there were written on it words of lamentation and mourning and woe. Chapter three, and he said to me, Son of man, eat whatever you find here, eat this scroll and go, speak to the house of Israel. So I opened up my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat, and he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you, and fill your stomach with it. And then I ate it, and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. And he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them, for you are not sent to a people of foreign speech and of hard language, but to the house of Israel, not, not too many people of foreign speech and of hard language whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I sent you to such, they would listen to you. But the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you, for they are not willing to listen to me, because all the house of Israel have a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. Behold, I have made your face as hard as their faces and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. Like emery, harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Fear them not, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak to you, receive in your heart and hear with your ears and go to the exiles, to your people and speak to them and say to them, thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or refuse to hear. Then the spirit lifted me up and I heard behind me a voice of great earthquake. Blessed be the glory of the Lord from its place. It was the sound of the wings of the living creature as they touched one another and the sound of the wheels beside them and the sound of a great earthquake and the spirit lifted me up and took me away and I went into bitterness in the heat of my spirit and the hand of the Lord being strong upon me and, it, and I came to the exiles at Tel Abib who were dwelling by the 
Kabar Canal, and I sat where they were dwelling, and I sat there overwhelmed among them seven days. And at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way in order to save his life, that wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness and from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. Again, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because you have not warned him. He shall die for his sin, and his righteous deeds that he has done shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the righteous person not to sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live, because he took warning, and you will have delivered your soul. At the hand of the Lord, and the hand of the Lord was upon me there. And he said to me, Arise, go out into the valley, and there I will speak with you. So I arose, and I went into the valley, and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there, like the glory that I had seen by the Kabar Canal, and I fell on my face, but the Spirit entered into me, and I sat on my feet, and spoke with me, and said to me, Go shut yourself within the house, and you, O son of man, behold, cords will be placed upon you, and you shall be bound with them, so that you cannot go out among the people, and I will make your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth, so that you shall be mute and unable to reprove them, for they are a rebellious house. And when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, He will... He who will hear, let him hear, and he who will refuse to hear, let him refuse, for they are a rebellious house. Chapter 4. And you, son of man, take a brick and lay it before you, and engrave on it a city, even Jerusalem, and put siege works against it, and build a siege wall against it, and cast up a mound against it, Set up camps also against it, and plant battering rams against it all around. And you take an iron griddle, and place it as an iron wall between you and the city, and set your face towards it, and let it be in a state of siege, and press the siege against it. This is a sign for the house of Israel. Then lie on your left side, and place the punishment of the house of Israel upon it. For the number of the days that you lie on it, you shall bear their punishment. For I assign you a number of days, 390 days equal to the number of years of their punishment. So long shall you bear the punishment of the house of Israel. And when you have completed these, you shall lie down a second time, but on your right side and bear the punishment of the house of Judah. Forty days I assign you, a day for each year. And you shall set your face towards the siege of Jerusalem with your arms bared, and you shall prophesy against the city. And behold, I will place cords upon you so that you cannot turn from one side to the other till you have completed the days of your siege. And you take wheat and barley, beans and lentils, millet and emmer, and put them in a single vessel and make your bread from them. During the number of the days that you lie on your side, 390 days you shall eat it. And your food that you eat shall be by weight, 20 shekels a day. From day to day you shall eat it. And the water you shall drink by measure, the sixth part of a hen, from day to day you shall drink. And you shall eat as a barley cake, baking in their sight on human dung. And the Lord said, Thus shall the people of Israel eat their bread unclean among the nations where I drive them. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I have never defiled myself from the youth up until now. I have never eaten what 
died of itself or what was torn by beast nor has tainted meat come from into my mouth then he said to me see i assign you a cow's dung instead of human dung on which you may prepare your bread moreover he said to me son of man behold i will break the supply of bread in jerusalem they shall eat bread by weight and with anxiety and they shall drink water by measure and in dismay and i will do this that they may lack bread and water and look at one another in dismay and rot away because of their punishment Wow, let's move into a time of prayer and meditate on Psalm 30. It's titled, Joy Comes with the Morning. It's a psalm of David, a song at the dedication of the temple. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up, and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to the life among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, o you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. But your favor, O Lord, you've made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will I tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosened my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. O Heavenly Father, we certainly thank you, and we thank you for clothing us with gladness. Lord, that we may sing praise to you. And Lord, just let this be a day of singing praise to you, of glorifying you, of lifting you up, Lord, of rejoicing in you and all that you've done, Lord. You are so amazing. And Lord, uh, today, just as the people gather in your name, Lord, all over, Lord, we just ask that you would draw people into your places of worship, Lord, that you would draw those that that know you, and Lord, those that don't know you, that you would bring in the lost, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to them through your people, Lord, that your people would represent you properly, that we would rep represent you well, Lord, that we would reflect you to the world around us. And Lord, help us to just glorify you, praise you, give you the honor that you deserve, Lord, and the glory that you deserve. Father, be with those that are speaking your word, Lord, or speaking from in front of your people, Lord. May your word come forth, Lord. May the people hear your word and glorify you, Lord. Uh, be with those, Father, with ailments. We think of Pam and Trish, Lord. We just ask that you continue to give them strength, restore them, Lord, uh, completely their health and I think of Mark and Dan and Al, Lord, and just everyone suffering uh, from different ailments, Lord. We just lift them up to you, Lord. We uh, praise you, glorify you, Father. Lord, just let it be a great day of glorifying you, Lord. Just receive glory, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, have a great day, guys. See you in a bit.